healthcare industry, it is being impacted uh, with this accelerated evolution. And now uh, the healthcare has to develop, to embrace different kind of services and processes to make this transformation tangible thing. The, the starting point of these challenges for all these organizations is not easy. But in this part of their journey, they are not trying to address the problem, just investing in technology. They are trying to move the needle around holistic effort, people, technology, and processes. IEEE SA Voice shares insights and perspectives from the IEEE SA community, subject matter experts, and industry leaders that are working to raise the world standards, drive market solutions, and much more, keeping you at the forefront of technological innovation for the benefit of humanity. Hello, everyone, and welcome to season two of the IEEE SA Rethink Health podcast series. I'm your host, Maria Palombini, and I lead the IEEE SA Healthcare and Life Sciences Practice. The HLS Practice, as we like to call it, is a platform for multidisciplinary stakeholders from around the globe who are seeking to develop solutions for driving responsible adoption of new technologies and applications into the domain. Hopefully, the end outcome will be more security, protection, and universal access to quality of care for all individuals. We know that cybersecurity is evolving constantly from increasing policy to a changing threat landscape. This season brings all these conversations from these experts from on the growing epidemic of cyber warfare and breaches as we see on health data and health technologies and how they're looking at it both at their regional level and the trends we're seeing across the globe. <clears throat> Together, we're hoping that with solving these problems and the benefits of, the of these devices, we will re-engineer the strategy to better patient privacy and overall security. So with that, I would like to welcome Roque Juarez from Mexico to our discussion. Hello, everybody. Thank you, Maria, for your uh, introduction. And I, I'm glad to share with your audience about this uh, fascinating domain. We can't wait. And I know you have a really diverse background in security and intelligence. I know that you're currently at IBM Mexico. So with that, why don't you give us a little bit about yourself, some of your, especially in your work in IT security, some of the things you've seen throughout the years, how they've changed, maybe gotten better, um, new developments, um, and especially being in Mexico, you come with a different perspective um, as all our experts from around the globe. Of course, my pleasure, Maria. And um, I have to say that uh, I've been involved with uh, information security, IT security, and now cybersecurity. Um, since I was at university, you know, um, I, I perceived that this uh, domain, this area was so fascinating since the first time I met uh, some news regarding to, to hackers, the, the old hackers, the historic hackers, uh, as Captain Crunch, as Kevin Mitnick, you know. Uh, I thought and, and I was sure that this, um, this area was going to be in the focus of so many industries because all of them was getting um, support by IT uh, more and more. So I got engaged and I couldn't leave it. So I think it, it will be the best part of my life for the rest of my life, right? It has been evolving so quickly 
yeah we, we can talk that maybe uh, 15 or yeah 15 or 20 years ago uh, cybersecurity or information security as the as the main and the holistic concept it was not it was not in the focus of many organizations or in the focus of many regulators and um, we have to say that it is um, a natural evolution process right uh, especially in Latin America, it is a challenging domain because uh, sometimes, uh, historically talking, uh, cybersecurity uh, has been um, perceived as a business blocker. For every control you design, you deploy, you are going to block the business vision, mission, and main purposes. But uh, in current times, and due to this pandemic, um, this pandemic uh, times, uh, we can see that all the organizations, no, no matter what, what we, which is the sector of the industry they are in, they have to to transform the, the core business, right? So most of this transformation is supported and is enabled by technology. Healthcare industry is one of these. Um, uh, industry sectors, one of these uh, domains that it is being impacted uh, with this uh, accelerated uh, evolution. Uh, now uh, we can talk that in Latin America, uh, I, I, I think globally, some industries has been uh, engaged with IT uh, and, and cybersecurity issues uh, in the since sometimes before than healthcare industry. I mean, uh, for example, traditional industries as financial services, insurance services, e-commerce, these um, industries uh, had to, to be focused on, on cybersecurity, on IT security. They uh, develop their business uh, with uh, and engage new customers and this um, um, uh, business environment, right? Because the nature of the uh, of the core processes are supported by IT. And some other industries, as manufacturing, as healthcare, for example, their core business were not supported by IT standardized technology, you know? So in this case, now healthcare is taking advantage of this standardized technology provided by IT, the traditional IT, to, to develop the new patterns in the in their core business. Now we can see that uh, healthcare industry, the, the core devices, the core apparatus, the, the, the industry uses to make the main objective of, of the of the industry, I mean laboratories, hospitals, and this kind of organizations and institutions are taking advantage of these IT IT standards and uh, uh, technology and, and devices. But now these new industries that are taking this advantage are facing new challenges uh, that they were not aware to, to, to handle. And, and, and it is not a critique. It, it is a, a natural evolution process, as I, as I said in the beginning, right? And now uh, the healthcare has to develop, to embrace different kind of services and processes to, to make this transformation uh, a tangible thing. I'm talking about core business or, or core processes, as I said, but they have, for example, uh, the patient support uh, processes as registration, as the following up, 
uh, about the, the, the patient status and things like that, and the administrative uh, and management processes as so in this uh, big picture, uh, healthcare has to handle in this time has to handle a lot of challenges due to this this standardization of the technology that they are using for the core business, right? I think you're giving such a nice macro introduction. You know, I could sense from your passion right away that you're very into this. Like you're already jumping into our next segment, the core. So. You already started to preface this that, you know, the health healthcare went under a major digital transformation. We all know this, like anything else in the digital era. And uh, obviously there wasn't always, or there still is not so much a focus on cyber security or the cyber breaches and the vulnerabilities compared to other sectors that were more traditionally attacked. Like we know banking, insurance, finance, e-commerce were like first on the hit list. So, you know, you mentioned there's some real critical challenges that have emerged. Um, can you share exactly what you envision or your perspective on those challenges and how they're impacting overall the healthcare industry? Yes, of course. As, a, as the first important thing to have in mind is that based on some industry, cybersecurity industry reports that, that has been published at the beginning of the year, we can see in the IBM Exports Threat uh, Intelligence Report, this industry moved from place 10 in in 2019 to place seven in 2020, right? Mm, and the, right. The, the most common attack vectors that, that we can see that the attackers used was around a ransomware, data theft, and server access attacks, just to say the, 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 the main uh, vectors, right? But we can see that these, these vector attacks are related to common IT standards or common IT technology used to support some other uh, processes or services that were not the core processes, right? So mm. based on the fact that the, and what we mentioned about this digital transformation and this adoption, I, I, I can see three main challenges. The first, the first one is that health industry is uh, adopting in its core technology. So most of the standardized IT paradigms. I mean, uh, some years ago, the, the IT was just a group of support services for administrative tasks and things like that. Uh, although the new the new medical devices are running on common IT layers. I mean, operating system, networking, applications, uh, software engineering, and things like that. So they are exposed to the vulnerabilities discovered and reported on these IT assets. That's the first main challenge. The second one, the numbers are not uh, related to the priority. I, I think these three, these three challenges are in the same level of priority. Let's see why. The second one, it's privacy on personal info. And most of us can think that the, 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 the privacy, it is just for the patients, but it is not focused on that just. We have to think about the privacy on the information collected uh, from the collaborators or employees. It is the, the it is in the same at the same level of importance as, as the patient's one. So the essence of this industry, the healthcare industry, requires that the data from people have to be collected and exchanged because of uh, its processes processes nature, right? And this data is considered in most of the laws and regulations all around the world 
as personal and sensitive, the most important thing, sensitive information. So all the organizations that collect or exchange this information has to protect it at the same level of risk as the most valuable information. I mean, if you are a hospital and you identify and classify your processes and your business information as relevant, as confidential, the personal and sensitive information that you have, I mean, uh, it doesn't matter if it is from your collaborators or employees and the patients, has to be ranked or classified at the same level. So the level of protection that you have to deploy on this info is crucial and it can represent investment and efforts to protect. That's the second main challenge, okay? And the third one, uh, since all the, the research and all the investigations and collaborations around uh, vac uh, vaccines, uh, especially because of the pandemic, no? COVID-19, uh, specifically talking, uh, there's a new confirmed challenge related to hacking the infrastructure where these researchers or investigations, investigations, sorry, are done. This could affect the integrity, the availability and confidentiality of the results of the research and the investigation. But what is more, and we have to, to, to think about it, is that some attackers make phishing campaigns against common and end users or common people as you and me, uh, where they use and they dis distribute emails or, or some advice uh, around the internet to tell people or to access information or some advantage around vaccines. They are trying to, to steal the information or personal bank accounts and things like that. So we cannot lost that the idea that the protection of this information around uh, research and investigation has two components, right? So I think for all the organizations in the healthcare industry have to pay attention on that because the integrity and the reputation of the, of the brand of the organization can be jeopardized. That's fascinating. I know uh, we've had many of our expert uh, guests pinpoint the fact that they need to embrace uh, just in general, the, um, the situation with these vulnerabilities as organizational risk, not just a product risk. Uh, so I, I, I see that you as well <clears throat> share that, that same point of view. Um, so, uh, uh, Roque, you know, we, we've, we've had different research and I've had some of my guests say that the Latin American region is a little bit behind in creating strategies for response or anticipating these kind of breaches in connected health applications as they continue to gain speed within the region. Mm -hmm. And given your work there and being from the inside, is there anything that you're seeing in trends that seem to be that there's more attentiveness to the challenge? Um, you know, are you seeing some new ideas either from government or from just industry in the area trying to address some of that growing uh, challenge that's happening, not only in Latin America, but this is a global challenge, but perhaps bird's eye view from where you are to see what's going on. Yeah, and, and I have to say that that's an interesting point because of the healthcare um, organizations in Latin America are, are making big efforts to, to close the gap, right? 
maybe the, the starting point of these um, challenges for all these organizations is not easy. It's not easy for 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 anyone. Um, but uh, in this in this um, part of their journey, they they are not um, trying to address the problem just investing in technology. Right now, and and I think it is a global symptom. All the organizations are swimming in a pool of tools and technological platforms, trying to to reduce or mitigate the risk associated with this changing threat landscape. They, they are not. Uh, they are trying to address the, the 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 challenge with a wider view. What is uh, positive in my perspective, because they are trying to share their concerns with the sea level, right? They are mm -hmm. trying to drive this uh, challenge as a corporate challenge, not just IT or just technological uh, approach. They are trying to move the needle around holistic effort, people, technology, and processes. This is a, a group of premises that uh, they are trying to work and develop. Uh, what is more, currently, they are not trying to acquire more technology or they are trying to, to, to replace all the hardware and software uh, that they invested in previously. What they are trying to do is to develop uh, capabilities around these three premises I mentioned, right? Mm. So it is not easy because right now and because of uh, there's a lack of resources, I mean, due to the pandemic and the economic uh, situation and horizon, it is not easy to get all the resources you need or the organizations need uh, to, to, to address and, and to solve the, the, the challenge. But they are trying to, to make a, a clear association between business needs, requirements, and uh, not just the regulator's requirement. They are trying to add uh, customers and business environment requirements to these benefits and risk associated with, with technology and IT technology supporting core processes in the healthcare industry. Latin America is making progress. I think it is not as fast as required, but we, we, we are not doing nothing, right? So, uh, Rocco, one of the things that I've been reading more in the headlines, and it's unfortunate because we're in the middle of a public health pandemic and we're worried about obviously saving lives, opening data to help research, but yet we've seen this increase of attacks on uh, general healthcare institutions and COVID-19 specific research institutions. Um, can you share maybe uh, your perspective on what's driving this increased appetite for these hackers? Um, like, what's their motivation, or is there are they getting something uh, access to something that they weren't gaining access to before? That you know, what's really what you and your perspective fueling this rage, for lack right. of a better way of saying it? Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is a question without easy answer because I, I think that uh, mostly people have associated uh, all these cybersecurity issues as a teenager-driven event in the past. And, and nowadays, I have to say that when we read in the newspaper or we read on the internet or, some, or somewhere else that an attack was successful, 
maybe we are associating an image with a teenager in underwear in, in their parents' house, uh, playing games with computers. This is not anymore like that. These cyber crimes are at the same level, the same level, sorry, as organized crime. We have to stop thinking that this is a teenager's uh, matter. It is a relevant and corporate uh, and industry matter. So, based on that, the few, uh, we can say that the fuel for these hackers could be to sell in, in black markets all the information they, they, can, they can get uh, from these investigations or research. Uh, it can be associated or classified as a, an act of vandalism. It, it, can be, it can be associated with that too. The other component on this equation could be, as I said before, uh, to get uh, personal and sensitive information that can be sell again in digital black markets, right? If we can check in different reports around the amounts of money um, of money that black markets related to cyber crimes uh, is generating, we can uh, get the answer of this of this question from you. Absolutely. Just yeah. another level of complexity to deal with in the midst of this uh, challenging times. So uh, I ask this of all my guests. Uh, so uh, from a point of view, we hear a debate that this is a, we need more policy to address the issue of cyber vulnerabilities in the connected healthcare system. We hear others who say that it should be market driven. Uh, engineers and technologists need to step up for the benefit of the service they provide to customers. Um, so we're hearing all these different things. From your perspective, what do you think, uh, or what's your perspective on where we need to start pushing more of these opportunities, whether it's policy, whether it's you know development of technical standards, whether it's incentivizing industry to sort of step up and really start addressing uh, these kinds of issues at the, uh, at the foundational layer? You brought up an important and relevant actor in this play. I have to say that regulators, the, the work that regulators are doing is essential, but it is a starting point. It is not the destination. The evidence can confirm that uh, when you are working just for the regulator to be compliant with the regulator, you are not doing things right. I mean, to be compliant with the regulator has to be a natural symptom that your uh, IT and cybersecurity operation is uh, aligned with the business requirements and the regulator requirements. But most of the times, what, uh, what happens is that, okay, an, an audit by the regulator is going to be executed the next week, I'm going to be prepared, right? You are not doing anything to change your current threat landscape your current vulnerability landscape, not in the, in, the, in the benefit of your business, just to be compliant, right? So that's what I said, it is a starting point. You are going to have some indications to be compliant with, but the challenge for the administrators, the challenge for the uh, cybersecurity responsibles in the organizations is to understand uh, these uh, regulations and to to translate to business 
environment, to business context. So you are going to be aligned and you are going to be compliant. It is a starting point in my perspective. Another important thing you mentioned, when you work as an industry, you can uh, make such progress as developing standards, as sharing concerns, as sharing uh, lessons learned. It is not an issue, it is not a problem. We are going to fix alone. We need to build, we need to share, we need to collaborate, to embrace, we need to enhance all these efforts that regulators are um, doing and the organizations or standards organizations are doing too. How? We, you know, most of the times when, the, when a law or some um, regulations are going to be published or standards are going to be published, uh, there's an, a, a period where you can contribute where you can share your concerns, you can share your experience, and this can be uh, used uh, to, to develop a better thing. So this is, a, this is the way. I mean, there's not a silver bullet. There is no uh, a procedure to follow uh, exactly, but I think it is a good starting point, right? Yes. You covered so many great things. And, you know, some of the points that I've just picked up really quickly that are common themes that we've talked uh, with other guests from around the globe that you hit on just the same. Um, you know, first of all, that cyber crimes is an organized crime. It's no longer a teenager thing or something just just happens for because someone has nothing better else to do. And at the same yeah. time, that cybercrime is an organizational risk, and we've heard this recurring theme as well. I think an important point that you also brought up, just as a note as everybody, we do have a common theme where we say policy needs to step up, but policy is definitely not the end game, and I think you reinforce that point as well. And, you know, the third part is uh, we hear a lot of investment going into technologies and how, you know, we can deal with the issue of cyber crimes and cyber breaches. But the question is, is it's not just about investing in the technology. Like you said, it's trying to fix the problem. So mm -hmm. we have to try to get to the problem. And I think that was also. And then I guess the sad part is that usually when we move up higher on a level, on a scale, we think is usually a good thing, but the fact that healthcare is moving up as an appetizing place to be breached is not such a good thing. So, but this is something for our audience to keep in mind. Uh, you brought up so many great insights, common threads. Um, what do you think is the most important call to action in the healthcare domain? You know, we're talking a wide risk of hospitals, facilities, pharmaceutical companies, technologists, regulators, uh, patient advocates, patients themselves. There's a lot of people and in, in entities in the mix. Mm. Um, what yeah. do you think is a really important call to action? Again, it is a, it is a complex uh, situation, uh, as you were describing. But, but what I would say is that the, the first big step is to bring these new risks to the table with the sea level in the healthcare organizations, right? I, I think this is, could be the big step for the industry. In the meanwhile, we can reinforce some uh, more tactical and operational actions to make this change. It is not a, an easy problem, okay? But how do you eat an elephant? A bit at a time, right? So mm -hmm. we have to make progress based on little changes, on little efforts, but uh, not to stop the effort. I, I could say that, um, let me share four general uh, group of actions to, to, to call to action, as, as you said, right? 
first of mm -hmm. all, uh, well, secondly, because I, I said the, the first was the big step to bring the, the risk on the table, to integrate the, the healthcare technology cybersecurity risk in the organizational risk. When you are managing the organizational or corporate risk, healthcare cybersecurity risk have to be there. That's the first main step, uh, second main step. Third one, to manage all the vulnerabilities and monitoring of the healthcare technology stack as part of the corporate program, vulnerabilities management program. In the fourth place, I could put to work with manufacturers and service providers to define security and operations requirement as part of the design. This is an important thing. We mentioned that sometimes uh, the, the cybersecurity is not considered in the beginning. This is why, because when you are designing, you are not taking cybersecurity in mind. You, you, you don't have cybersecurity in mind. So if we uh, um, push uh, the, these, these actions with the manufacturers and service providers, the, the, the landscape is going to change. And finally, last but not least, to train people in cybersecurity as part of their daily activities. It is not just your employees, your customers, your administrators, your operators. As I said before, one of the premises is based on people. It is because of people, right? It, it doesn't matter uh, how much you invest in cybersecurity if you have people who is not trained in cybersecurity, a people who is not changing his or her passwords, right? Just to, to, to put an example, because you're not going to tell to tell him or to tell her to change their password. They are going to change, they are going to change the way they perceive and interact with cybersecurity. So I, I can say that that could be the main group of actions to execute and to have in mind. That's a very, very important call to action. And I think that something for our audience to think about, okay, that you hit perfectly when you say that this cyber challenge is like a large elephant in our way and we can't attack it all at once. We have to do a little bit at a time. Roque brought up many great concepts today uh, that we are currently addressing in various activities at, in the healthcare life science practice. I want to share with you all that we are hosting a five-part virtual workshop series in 2021 called Global Connected Healthcare Cybersecurity, and we're presenting it in collaboration with the Northeast Big Data Innovation Hub out of the campus of Columbia University in New York. You know, this workshop series is designed to really produce pragmatic outcomes and build a framework for these much needed solutions um, to response, to prevention, to preparing strategy and everything in between. And if you're interested in attending and being part of the open collaboration to develop these solutions, you can see them on demand. Just register free and you can see them anytime at ieesa.io backslash cyber 2021. And just to let you know, we have many different incubator programs where you incubate ideas for standards or best practices in telehealth. Um, we have them in decentralized clinical trials, in mobile health app certifications, obviously, and WAMI, which is wearables and medical IoT interoperability intelligence, one of our favorite acronyms here at the IEEE. So if you would like to engage in conversation about what you heard today, 
about overall what's going on in the industry, uh, please be sure to check out our uh, IEEE Whammy Slack channel. And you can learn more about all of our activities at ieesa.io backslash rethink. Thank you, audience, for joining us today and tuning in. And we wish you to continue to stay safe and well. Until next time. On behalf of IEEE Standards Association and IEEE SA Voice, thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit standards.ieee.org. We hope you'll join us again soon.